Hello and welcome to the Deep Two NBA podcast. My name's Sean and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffer. Mr. Boffer, my man, how are we? I'm actually so good, Sean. How are you? I am hot and sweaty uh, yeah, because <laughs> uh, in the last 10 minutes, you and I just, uh, and our friend, friend of the pod, Clody, just walked a couch um, from our car up a flight of stairs and into our house. Sean's just moved in. It's really cozy. It's really cozy. But yeah, um, we did just move like a full, like an adult couch, <laughs> and up a up a flight of stairs. So the couch is advertised as a two seater, but it is like two fat people. Like you know, you could easily squeeze four people on there. Yeah, a little uh, snuggle party. Little I'll see you on the couch party. after the pod, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is the cozy pod because um, we're currently sitting cross-legged on little cushions mm. <laughs> with mm. Star Wars: Return of the Jedi poster above Dante's left shoulder. <laughs> Um, and we're here on a bit of a, you know, everything seems to be happening right now because A, first things first, we just moved to couch. B, today some news came out uh, regarding the coronavirus that the NBA is going to be suspended until further notice. And Crazy. And C, uh, we actually recorded this podcast two days ago, um, but we unfortunately misplaced the recording of that podcast, so... What Sean's trying to say is we recorded literally like a 68-minute podcast and I didn't press record on it. So then we didn't, actually didn't get the file. So what we did is we yeah. had a phone call. <laughs> yeah. We just talked about basketball for an hour, which is yeah. what we do anyway. Um, but, you know, sort of in luckily and unluckily, that episode will kind of be dated just because of everything that's happened with the coronavirus in, uh, in the most recent 24 hours, which we're going to get to in a second. But... Yeah, so it's let us be able to, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> well, I mean, like, nothing else is important now. Yeah. We were going to talk to you about some stuff that's no longer important because the, the entire NBA and the G League, if we want to like, throw it <laughs> in there, like, that too. Don't, don't like give shade to the G League. All North American professional basketball suspended. The universe has finessed this podcast. Is this unprecedented? I, I, it certainly hasn't happened in my lifetime other than for like, you know, like a lockout for the CBA or whatever. Mm. The NBA has just been like, anyway, we're done. It's crazy. Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, which means most likely everyone on the Utah, Utah Jazz, Jazz team has been exposed to it and mm. they were in the stadium with the Thunder which mm. means the Thunder have probably been exposed to it everyone in the last two weeks that the Jazz have played have probably been exposed to it you know I'm not and saying anyone here is going to really seriously suffer mm. obviously the mortality rate in healthy people is like startlingly low mm. the type of people who are going to be exposed to it at least on the NBA side of things are not going to die from this but the fact that they've just suspended all all games is just like I don't know like you said unprecedented yeah and there are a lot of question marks one thing you forgot to mention in that game is that a couple of days earlier Rudy Gobert who was questioned who had an illness was questioned if he had coronavirus and it was a sort of a you know stuff you like you know just because I'm sick doesn't mean I have the coronavirus and touched every single microphone yeah, and coughed on it as well yeah, yeah. Um, which is like you know, that was a throwaway video a couple of days ago and now it's like, holy crap. And there's actually been some, you know, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but there's been some really good memes that have come out of Rudy Gobert and <laughs> doing that. Um, I'm sure you can, everyone can find them in their, in their own time. But yeah, it's different because, like, 
I don't know where to start here. I'm going to start on the least important thing. Do it. That sounds like a good place to start. Which is, there's a roughly 16 games left for every team. Yeah. Actually, no, I'll start off with one of the most important things. What if the Bucks never have a chance to reach 70 wins? Because we've said throughout this whole season that, like, yes, it's amazing. The Bucks are on their way to potentially winning 70 games, which we've sort of become desensitized to um, because Golden State hit 73 the other year. But it's like this is... Uh, you know, this is a humongous feat, and what are we just going to have to look at their win percentage and say, oh, you know, they did the win percentage thing, and it's, is this a taste of what's going to come when the league is shortened? Well, potentially, but, I mean, it works the other way as well because the worst team in NBA history by win percentage is the 2011 Charlotte Bobcats, mm. which was in the lockout shortened year when they only played 60 games, mm. and they won, like, nine games, so they had, like, you know someone do the math for me it was like a revolting win percentage but mm. they didn't get the chance to play the full season mm. so it would just be like an obviously asterisk. yeah it would be an asterisk I mean it would, just in terms of like looking at like you know when you look at those numbers when you're looking at the leaderboards it would you the bucks wouldn't be there but like everybody still knows that we're looking at potentially a historically great team like one of these teams that could stack up inside the top you know like at, at the moment it feels like you know like uh, at worst like a top like 15 or 20 mm. regular season team of all time and at best you know they could be looking at like you know, vaulting into the top couple but yeah just in terms of the raw quantity if, if we don't have the opportunity to play out all of those games which obviously at least a few of them are going to be are going to be missed I don't really see a situation in which the NBA is back like going again in before April yeah like yeah I mean I, I think even Maybe even a little bit into April, because I mean, like you've got to, if you've still got players who are infected, you've got to wait out the contagion period of the mm. disease, which I don't know what how long that is. Mm. But assuming that it's you know like the, if assuming that it's like a bit more than like the common flu, probably about ten to fourteen days, mm. or whatever. So you've got to wait that out, and then not everyone's going to be being at the exact same yeah time. at the same time. So if you wait for everyone to be clean before you go back, then it's going to wait. But if you like. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. if you wait until, like, if all of the Jazz players are clean, they can just go back. But, like, if only half of the Clippers are clean, then, like, they can't go back. And mm. there's a lot of logistical issues to think about for the NBA. And that we haven't even touched on fans because they were talking about, you know, like, yesterday, literally, like, two days ago, the Ringer did a podcast where they're like, is it realistic that there's going to be no fans in arenas in, like, two weeks' time? And they were like, yeah, I could see it. Mm. And now this has happened. But, like... The fans are the people who, them are more people, you know, in the fans rather than like associated with teams. That if they got it, it would be more serious because you're talking about people who are not like physically at the peak of their powers. Old people, young people, mm-hmm. people with like you know, fat people, people not with like people. yeah, basically people who are like not sports people who are like more susceptible to the disease. Mm-hmm. So there's. I don't know. There's just like so much going on and the NBA has just decided to like step in and just like stop it and probably I think a good call just to be able to stop and assess Mm. like a still situation rather than like a rapidly developing one. But you can only imagine that in the next few days there will be start start to be stories of like, you know, like whoever Rudy Gobert, you know, like, you know, I don't know, like mm. Montrez Harrell was matched up against him in the post the other day. And now touch him or something. Well, now, but now, I, don't, I was even thinking that. I was just thinking like now, you know, the player X has it and then it's like, well, player X is on like the magic and then it's like, fuck, yeah. it's Markel Fultz have it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes on and on and on and like, 
you've already seen it in European soccer where um, like the connections have been crazy because like the the owner of Olympiakos, which is a Greek team um, who played Arsenal in the Europa League like two weeks ago and who was down with the players, like he's tested positive for it. So the Olympiakos players have to be quarantined, but now Arsenal players are being quarantined because they were in contact with the Olympiakos players. So it's like, it's coming from everywhere, you know? Yeah, and it's like if, let's say... Going back to your mantras, how would Rudy Gobert? What if one of them bumped a ball boy or one of the wiper boys and then they happen to like talk to someone, so on, so on. Obviously, we're just talking about diseases and the iPad infected game now. But. I was watching the Clippers first Warriors the other day and Reggie Jackson comes in and he spits on his hand and rubs it on the <laughs> ball. So, <laughs> guess what? Everyone who's touched the ball. Yeah, everyone who's touched the ball, including, you know, like the referee, the ball boy, like, you know, it yeah. bounces over Doc Rivers on the sideline and it like catches a... Yeah, I mean, we can take solace at the fact that Kevon uh, Looney's probably healthy because he hasn't been touching the ball where, even when he plays. Yeah, that you're right. I, I, I do take <laughs> solace in that. Well, just uh, something else, going back to your point about the fans not being in the stadium anymore, um, Daniel LaRue and John Hollinger for The Athletic had a really good article today, which I shared with you, which is they uh, went straight to, obviously, they acknowledged the severity of the situation, but they went to the monetary factors and just looking at the next 16 games if every single nba team misses 16 games and their their door revenue um comes anywhere between 1 million to 3 million dollars per game that all adds up when you've got 16 teams um you know obviously 16 games so 30 teams 16 games that's a lot of money and then we don't know how this is going to affect the playoffs as well if they, we're going to miss the first round or you know if we're going to do x y and z no one no one knows anything um, and that can have ramifications for the salary cap. So obviously, if the salary cap's going to take a hit, that's going to hurt your rookie scale contracts, it's going to hurt your max contracts, it's going to hurt your mid-level exceptions. Um, and it's a bit like, look, we don't know how much it is going to take a hit. If it does take a hit, we don't know if player X, like uh, Bradley Beal, is going to be more tradable now that his uh, max contract is scaled down, or we don't know if... Yeah, we just... We don't know anything and there are a lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, in a scenario like that where next season's salary cap, I think the number was that that John Hollinger floated out was $8 million less. Yeah. If it is $8 million less and the, like, like most of those salaries that you're talking about are calculated as a percentage of the cap rather yeah. than a gross number. So Bradley Beal, for example, or like, you know, let's use Anthony Davis, who's going to be a free agent mm. this year. If Anthony Davis, is, like Anthony Davis's max contract is going to be a, like 30% or whatever of an $8 million lower salary which may figure, which means that he's going to have a, a smaller contract. So you could, if the season after the salary cap jumps back up with all this recovered money and mm. it's back at, at a similar level what it is now, you could see someone like Anthony Davis on like a bargain contract, you know, like bargain in inverted commas in that it's a couple of million dollars per year cheaper yeah. in kind of like a bizarro world reversal of you know like the sour 16 contracts where there was that massive <laughs> yeah. salary leap and you know you've seen all of these average players with the really 21s yeah, yeah. this sweet 21s you know yeah. like this works like that but i mean like the ramifications for the actual numbers and basketball side of it are like very real and you know mm. the the piece that hollinger and larue did was you know very like continually pointing out that these are just like projections and mm. that it is a dynamically unfolding scenario and no one really knows exactly how it's going to affect 
um, the numbers for next year. But what is clear is that it's going to affect literally like every, it's going to ripple throughout every aspect of the NBA universe because, mm. you know, it's, it's, it starts like with the encore product and it, it's, you know, mm. rippling out into the most, you know, bizarre mechanisms of how salary and money is formulated. Well, just talking about that Anthony Davis point, if he, if his goal is to make as much money as he can, is he in his best interest to sign a one plus one or just a one year deal, become a free agent next season, maybe they've bumped back up after the coronavirus and even the China situation, which still lingers after the whole Daryl Morey saga, is he is it in his best interest to just sign a one year deal and then come back and re-sign with the Lakers again? If he does that, the Lakers are going to have less confidence that they've got their full team next season. Are they going to make some moves like maybe trade? like the remaining of their young players just to try and improve now or mm. you know if if you're in your mindset you've got Anthony Davis for four years LeBron for another two or one plus one you can you know even if someone promises you that they're going to come back or x y and z you, you can't ever be that sure and it's good to have that security and not just Anthony Davis does every free agent like does Davis Bertans who it can be worth quite a bit of money where it's not on the same scale as Anthony Davis or someone like Danilo Gallinari does he say well I want to just do one year because my agent told me it's going to go back up a year from now. Um, and then that's great for all the players that are going to be free agents, but for your Lamelo Ball, who's coming in, and his rookie scale is based off this the year that he gets drafted for the four years or the two plus two, um, does that make draft picks in this year's draft, like, you know, that increment more valuable than other draft picks because they're going to be that increment cheaper than the years either side of them? And then, so it's like, well, hang on, X teams traded away their first round pick this year, and that's actually going to be a bit of a tiny harbinger. Or, you know, someone like Golden State, the one year that Golden State has a high pick is that, quote, cheap pick or something like that. Yeah, well, instead of getting a number one pick that's going to come in and immediately cost you $9 million per year. Like 8.5 or something. Yeah, and then, you know, like ascending. Mm-hmm. If that's bumped down by a couple million, then all of a sudden you've got a, you know, first overall pick that's got the financial repercussions of like the 13th overall pick or whatever. And mm. that becomes, you know, A, an asset for the team in terms of their cap situation, but also an asset for another team in terms of their cap situation. Like mm-hmm. maybe, you know. Um, yeah, there's going to be a whole heap of weird and wacky ramifications that come from this. Um yeah, everyone's going to be okay, at least on the NBA <laughs> side of things. Like, no one's going to die. Like, no one's going to be, like, significantly sick because these are all, like, some of the most healthy people yeah. for the most part in the world. But the way that it is is going to affect the NBA this season and next season is, mm. you know, it, it's, yeah, it's so hard to predict. And just the final point that I would like to say on this is the thing I was going to bring up at the start, which is the least important point. Glad we're putting it in its right spot. <laughs> fantasy basketball. In our fantasy league, I'm currently first, um, and I'm two games ahead of you, who's second, which yeah. is like, well, listen to the podcast, one or two. <laughs> but, you know, if there's no more regular season games, there's no more fantasy playoffs, do we just default and say, okay, it's over, Sean wins? Or do we say, let's include your wins and losses from this week, because I'm currently losing this week's matchup. So am I. That knocks me down a win, but let's say you were winning we might be tired or we're like... Oh, I'm currently tired. getting obliterated, so... I mean, I've, I've still got more wins regardless, even yeah. if I, you lose them. I'm just like to put that on record. <laughs> um, but does do I just automatically win my fantasy league and then I'm not happy because, I mean, obviously I'm... Shut up, Sean. Who cares about your fantasy league? But, like, we, I, I won, quote-unquote, without having to go through the, the rigmarole of signing a Fernie Simons in the last week and the Jerry and Grant 
So like that's that's part of the league, part of doing that stuff. And again, this is so irrelevant. But like, what's going to happen? More questions. I'd be happy with second. <laughs> I'd take it. I've never played fantasy before, so I'll take it. Well, if I win this, I'm two for two. Oh, <laughs> update. Sean rates himself. All right, let's talk about actual basketball. So some stuff that we wanted to talk about on the lost episode. Again, my bad. We did talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about it. The Nets fired Kenny Atkinson. I, mm. I was away over the weekend with well, we, no... We were both away. Yeah, we were both away. Doug Fest and Pitch, respectively. Um, and so I had no data pretty much the entire weekend. And I came home on Monday night at like... I got home at like 1am Monday night, Tuesday morning. And I like looked at my phone when I sat down on the toilet over share. And the first thing that popped up was like reaction to the insane Atkinson fire. And I was like, wait, what? You would, uh, you would absolutely be kidding me. Um, so they fired Kenny Atkinson. He had 118 and 190 career record with the team, which is not good. But most of that was when they were in the absolute worst situation. Mm. Probably the worst situation for putting out a good encore product of the decade. Maybe bar like the process era sixes. No, maybe forever. Like... Without hope as well. Yeah, well, and and yeah, uh, Atkinson and GM Sean Marks were responsible for putting in the, you know, like installing the style and the mentality and the culture, and the culture of yeah. the organization, which was what allowed them to have that season last year, where they basically took like a bunch of really like great role players, like your Lavert, your Dinwiddie, your Joe Harris's, and then Demario like Carroll, my favorite player. D- yeah, Demario <laughs> Carroll, rest in peace. And then you know random like random Euro dudes, Rodion's Kurutz, um, and you know bring them all in and create the culture, which was really what appealed to Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and then you know, getting them to come and now you know, it's coming out that Yeah. Kyrie and Kevin soured on him. And I refuse to believe that it's not largely because of the two stars, because Kyrie Irving, we've talked about it. Um yeah, we've talked about it. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. I wrote an article for the blog literally before the season started, the title of which was like some um like pun about him being a flat earther it was like what if Kyrie's Brooklyn adventure falls flat well guess what it's fallen flat and they've fired a good coach Jacques Vaughan is the replacement for the rest of the season reports coming out that they wanted that Kyrie wants to play for Ty Lue who's currently is he an assistant on the Lakers bench where is he he's an assistant on someone's bench so obviously like if they offered him the job next Mm. you know at the end of the season he'll take it Mm. but the man never got to coach KD. Not for a second. Not for one second. That's a pretty raw deal for Kenny Atkinson. It's, it is an extremely raw deal for Kenny Atkinson because you compare it with Brett Brown in Philadelphia at the moment where Brett Brown had to go through all these crap seasons. He was part of the process just like Kenny Atkinson came into a bad team knowing they weren't going to be good for a while. <coughs> and both those play, both those coaches were able to coach through the bad and then get good and now they're sort of being rewarded by coaching a good team. Kenny Atkinson was not only just part of going through the crap, he was also a good coach who was able to get the best out of D'Angelo Russell and he, yeah, um, Spencer Dinwiddie and also him alongside Karis Levert's knee was able to get Karis Levert to be good. Um, and it is a real slap in the face that one of your key voices that was able to instill that culture that became more attractive to um, than New York, which is you know a bit of a, how would you say, like an understatement. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean... 
It's yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not hard. hard to do, but for some reason it's still a competition. Yeah. Um, and for him to go through the crap and to help bring you back to where you are now, um, to make the playoffs way way ahead of schedule. Um, without having any really blue chippers on the team apart from Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert was like the 20th pick. That's not even a blue chip. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's a slap in the face. And to think that, like, Kenny Atkinson, you can't say he was one of the worst coaches in the league because, like, yes, there are. I think there are worse coaches than him. But um, let's say he is... Uh, let, let's let's hypothetically say he's the middle, a middle-of-the-road coach. I think he's team. a top 15 coach. Let's say he's 15th, right? Yeah. You're not going to be able to find uh, someone better than 15th best from looking at it right now just off the scrap heap. Like, there are no coaching free agents outside of Tom Thibodeau and yeah, Ty Lue, as you said. Fisdale. Yeah, but, like, you would rather just keep Kenny Atkinson. So I'd much rather keep Kenny Atkinson. It's just... It's it's a interesting for that, but also, what's with the timing? Um, yeah. why Why don't you wait till the end of the season? Yeah. And if... Like Jacques Vaughan, poor guy, he's just he's gonna get these wins and losses on his record. Maybe he can boost his resume, but probably not because no one's really gonna look at sixteen games. Sixteen games that aren't even gonna happen now. Like uh, Jacques Vaughan is gonna be the Brooklyn coach for potentially two games and that's it, um, if playoffs happen, uh, after after the coronavirus stuff has gone down. Worst but, case scenario would be you know, Jacques Vaughan gets them into the in the playoffs and they like win around and then they're like, yeah, maybe we'll just roll with Jacques Vaughan. The players really like him. And then next season, it's Jacques fucking Vaughan is your coach. <laughs> um, which would be similar to what's just happened with the Cavs because JB Bickerstaff, mm. who was uh, promoted to the interim role after friend of the pod, Johnny B, John Beeline was fired. JB Bickerstaff has now been... Um, made permanent through the 2022-23 season, mm. which is... This, we, we talked about it when it happened. This is the third time that he's been an interim. Uh, I think it was the Rockets and the Grizzlies before. He almost became the Grizzlies coach, and mm. then they went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. He finally... Like, he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride, and he's finally the bride, the beautiful bride, and he gets <laughs> to watch Colin Sexton jack up 22-footers. Yeah. And, look, they've won a game or two since he's been the coach. Um, they also lost to the Bulls. It's like the mighty Bulls. I feel bad for JB because, like, yes, he he is that guy who is just sitting there, just waiting to like poach the coaching role once whoever his boss is gets fired. But you you feel bad for a guy who's always been the assistant, always been the interim, and now he's finally cracking into a, a head coaching gig. And it's with Dan Gilbert, the guy who is known for firing coaches. and Yeah, and Kobe Oldman, who's like... Hasn't proven anything. Yeah, he's really. incompetent. Um, yeah, incompetent as of yet. I think we can say that, but he's like this close out of being a non-grade until further. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, All right, he did, I'm, he I'm did out. trade for Isaiah Thomas. I'm out. I don't know what I'm waiting for. <laughs> um, and you'd give... Uh, Chetty Osman a pretty bad contract and anyway did, and he did draft Colin Sexton and then Darius Garland in back to back drafts and Dar- try to play them together anyway anyway um, yeah so JB is he's signed through to the 2023 mm. 24 season okay yeah over under there is no over under um, one and a half seasons one and a half seasons yeah halfway through the season after next is when I'm calling it when he's gone yeah but like like I'm thinking about it like I'm just sort of spitballing here there's no real way to like actually measure that but like yeah that's that's the sort of length probably. he's probably got on this contract like, I'll tell you what he's a handsome man he's got a very full <laughs> beard I, I don't know if he's a good coach but I wish him well 
I wish him well as well. I, I just feel bad that he... I sneaky like Colin Sexton. He's terrible. He's like he's not a great player. He's not even a good player. He's the worst defender in the league. Pair him with Bobby Portis, and we've got something yeah, to yeah, grow with. It's my your guys. favorite player. It's my guys. I want someone to be able to make Colin Sexton good. That's my, that's my hope. And if JB's the guy, then I'm on board. Did you ever watch his high school highlights? Young Bull. Young. No, nah, I watched his college highlights. Yeah, he was just like screaming dudes faces yeah and it was him versus it was like the young bull versus someone else right someone else who's not in the league yeah um and he's probably the same age as colin at the moment and like he was just like they would just run down and then just dunk on each other hit a three in each other's face and then he was just screaming like incredibly intense and i'm like that's awesome like what if he's like the guard version of kevin garnett and he's just like a psycho but he's not (laughs) <laughs> nah, he just loves long twos and bad mm. defense, and mm. also averaging less than three assists as a, you know, like a lead guard. He's yeah, he's a lead guard. Yeah. He's got the ball in his hands so much. Anyway, all the best for JB Bickerstaff. Um, Please be good, JB. I, I reckon he could even be good, and <laughs> Dan Gilbert just hates coaches. He does. He just needs voices of head coach for the <laughs> for the rest of his tenure. Yeah. <sighs> Oh well, yeah. uh, bit of a bit of a down episode, or a bit of a quick one as well. But we wanted to get this out. Obviously, something's happened that we have plenty of questions for, and uh, we would also just like to say that you know, if basketball isn't on for the rest of the season, or if basketball isn't on for the rest of the month, we're still gonna get podcasts out to you. We still want to talk about the basketball. There's obviously going to be plenty of developments. Um, we might see games tomorrow. We might see games two weeks from now, um, and. Yeah, we'll, just... we'll be here the whole time. Yeah. Next yeah. week's episode is uh, a monologue from me on my Phoenix Suns fandom, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> it's going to be 51 minutes, so tasty one. <laughs> tasty one. No, actually, we're not doing that. No, Please we're not listen. doing that. Um, but we, we do have content prepared in case there is no yeah, basketball. Yeah, we're ready to go. And of course, if there is basketball, there's content right there. And we're so. double ready to go. So you can always... Uh, Trust the Deep Turn Bear podcast on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your daily podcast Oof. to provide you with the basketball Oof. goods. Don't uh, skimp on the blog either. We've got shit up there. Aless just wrote a beautiful article about Russell Westbrook and his new role in the Houston Rockets offense. I've got something out coming out very soon. It's a bit of a depressing piece about the bottom <laughs> of the Eastern Conference. But, you know, like if you want more of that Colin Sexton chat, Read the peaks because he's in it. He's in it. <laughs> I'm probably going to cut that man. It's not going to attract many viewers. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about Colin Sexton. I actually am. I've just got to... It, Colin Sexton is like an itch I can't scratch. He's the next to my doors. Actually, sorry. Just before we wrap up, let's just chuck in one little bit. Um... A report came out a couple of days ago that DeMar DeRozan is considering opting out of his final year of his contract. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, a bit of this, bit of that. Don't really know. DeMar's washed. I'm off. <laughs> I'm off I'm off the DeMar train. All right. So you got on at the start of the season. You've just left. No, no. I've been on the DeMar train since he was... I've been on the DeMar train, you know... Actually, actually, I was honest, like, honest to God. In, like, 2011, I did actually say to Aless, the, like, something resembling the following quote DeMar DeRozan is Dwayne Wade's heir as the next best two guard in the East and for a period of time that was true from probably like 2014 to 17 bro DeMar DeRozan made an all NBA second team 
<laughs> was there a better two guard in the East? No. So don't tell me that I wasn't on the DeMar train early. I was. He's from USC. I like that. <laughs> I was on the train, but I'm off now. Right. I'm also off the Lamarcus Aldridge train. I'm all, I'm pretty much off the Spurs train. Okay. All right. But well, Colin Sexton, man. <laughs> I'm on the train. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace out.